Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you give them a call. You can visit the website johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have terrific guests for today's show, including Kathleen Pasadoma, our state senator. We'll also visit with Boo Mortensen. We'll find out what's new with Boo. Seton Motley is the founder and president of Less Government. And we'll visit with Linda Harden. She is the author of Greetings from Paradise. It's always interesting to get her point of view, by the way. She's my wife, uh, on what's happening in the world. It is April the 20th, and on this day in 1980, the Castro regime announced that all Cubans wishing to emigrate to the United States were free to board boats at the port of Muriel, west of Havana, uh, launching the Muriel boat lift. The first 125,000 Cubans refugees from Muriel reached Florida the next day. The boat lift was precipitated by housing and job shortages caused by the ailing Cuban economy leading to simmering internal tensions on the island. On April the 1st, Hector Sanyuts and four others drove a bus through the fence at the Peruvian embassy and were granted political asylum. Cuban guards on the street opened fire. One guard was killed in the crossfire. The Cuban government demanded the five be returned for trial in the dead guard's death, but when the Peruvian government refused, Castro withdrew his guards from the embassy on Good Friday, April the 4th. By Easter Sunday, April the 6th, some 10,000 Cubans crowded into the lushly landscaped gardens at the embassy requesting asylum. Other embassies, including those of Spain and Costa Rica, agreed to take a small number of people. But suddenly, two weeks later, Castro proclaimed that the port of Muriel would be open to anyone wishing to leave as long as they had someone to pick them up. Cuban exiles in the United States rushed to hire boats in Miami and Key West and rescue their relatives. In all, 125,000 Cubans fled to the United States shores in about 1,700 boats, creating large waves of people that overwhelmed the United States Coast Guard. Cuban guards had packed boats after boat without considering safety, making some of the overcrowded boats barely seaworthy. 27 migrants died, including a 14 on an overloaded boat capsized on May the 17th. The boat lift was, uh, also began to have a negative political implications for U.S. President Jimmy Carter when it was discovered that a number of exiles had been released from Cuban jails and mental health facilities. Many were placed in refugee camps, while others were held in federal prisons to undergo deportation hearings. Of the 125,000 Mariolitos, as the refugees became to be known, who landed in Florida, more than 1,700 were jailed and, and another 587 were detained until they could find sponsors. The exodus was finally ended by mutual agreement between the United States and Cuban governments in October uh, 1980. <clears throat> Great story about uh, the Muriel boat uh, lift. And uh, it just reminds me of the st story that I heard. guy said, what did, uh, what did socialists uh, use before they had candles for light? They used electricity and light bulbs. Yeah. By the way, Ma Walter Mondale passed away yesterday at the age of 93. He was uh, Jimmy Carter's uh, vice president. In the 1950s, a liberal commentator who had a number of aborted runs for public office wrote some of the most important words in modern American political discourse. Dean Alfange, a progressive and labor activist, wrote the following 163 words as first published in Reader's Digest in 1952. Now, this was a, a progressive and a labor activist in 1952. Here are his words. I do not choose to be a common man. It is my right to be uncommon. I seek to develop whatever talents God gave me, not security. I don't wish to be a, kept a citizen, a humbled and dulled ha by having the state look after me. I want to take the calculated risk to dream and to build, to fail and to succeed. I refuse to barter incentive for a dole. I prefer the challenges of life to the guaranteed existence the thrill of fulfillment to the stale calm of utopia. I will not trade freedom for the beneficence uh, nor my dignity for a handout. I will never cower before any earthly master nor bend to any threat. 
It is my heritage to stand erect, proud, and unafraid, to think and act myself, enjoy the benefit of my creations, and to face the world boldly and say, this with God's help I have done, and that is what it means to be an American. How far have we come to have an... Listen to these words of a progressive. These words, I would be proud to say them. Uh, Just unbelievable how the progressive movement has morphed into the socialism. By the way, he died at age 91. Amazing, it's just an amazing lesson on how people change and how movements change in history. Well, the Florida Department of Health reported 49 new COVID-19 cases and no additional deaths on Monday. Uh, Naples Daily News is now providing this information again. The seven-day moving average is 100 through Sunday. Monday, there were 53 COVID patients in Cuyahoga County hospitals, and the county has 12.5% of its total hospital beds available and 34.1% of its adult ICU beds available. So uh, when it comes to flattening the curve so we don't overwhelm the health system, which was supposed to be two weeks, remember? We are supposed to do that for uh, mask up for two weeks. Well, here we are a year later and still discussing this. By the way, Dr. Al- uh, Anthony Fauci discussed a recent spat between himself and Representative Jim Jordan. I don't know if you saw it, but it was pretty exciting. I don't enjoy those kind of confrontations, but it was very, very clear that he was talking about liberties that were being restricted, Fauci said. That has nothing, this has nothing to do with liberties, he said. You don't think Americans' liberties have been threatened by in the past year, Dr. Fauci, Jordan asked. I don't look at this as a liberty thing, Fauci said, to which Jordan responded, that's obvious. Jordan listed off a number of First Amendment rights he believes have been assaulted over the past year, including freedom of religion, the right to assemble, the right to protest, freedom of the press, and freedom of speech. Fauci insisted that Jordan was making this uh, issue a personal thing. Fauci is oblivious. Seems to me that there should be a requirement receiving a government paycheck. And by the way, he's the highest paid government employee at $417,000. So there should be a requirement that there should be a basic understanding of the Constitution. He was totally oblivious to the fact that these lockdowns, these uh, restrictions are creating uh, uh, restrictions on liberty. Dr. Fauci was asked if fully vaccinated people can eat indoors uh, in restaurants, fly or hug their older relatives. Fauci said, you know, it depends on the level of infection in your community, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, he never once references in he, these comments uh, uh, reference research. I've never seen it. I think this guy is just, he's a, he's a health fear hustler, in my opinion. Dr. Anthony Fauci, a health care hustler. Well, uh, Governor Ron DeSantis pushed back against Democrat and media claims that Americans still needed to follow coronavirus restrictions, even after getting revaccinated, even though the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines have shown to be 95 and 94% effective, respectively, at preventing symptomatic COVID-19 after two doses. At a press conference in Lakeland, Florida, DeSantis said people who have received the vaccine should not have to continue wearing face masks. If the vaccine is effective, why would you be wearing two masks like some of these folks are doing? It doesn't make sense, he said. Also at the press conference, DeSantis told people to consider themselves immune once they receive the vaccine. So, you know, my view is if you get the vaccine, the vaccines are effective, you're immune. And so act like it's immune, you're immune. Telling people the opposite of the G, if it's not effective for them and it's not going to change anything, what's the point of going through it, he said. By the way, one caveat. Chile's vaccination uh, campaign is one of the best in the world. Almost 40% of the South American country's total population have now received at least one dose of COVID-19 vaccine. But guess what? There's a surge in cases. That's a concern. I've read that there's a surge in cases here among those that have been vaccinated, but I, I can't verify it. We'll see what happens here in the future. So interesting. HBO's real-time host, Bill Maher, stated that medical establishment, media, and the government have taken a you-can't-handle-the-truth approach on coronavirus and have an agenda to spin, Maher said, Maher said after the liberal media outlet's need for an answer of how your audience would wind up believing such a bunch of crap about COVID, he said. He began saying, over the past year, the COVID pandemic has prompted the medical establishment, the media, and the government to take a scared, straight approach to getting the public to comply with their recommendations. Well, I'm from a different school, he said. Just give it to me straight, Doc. 
because in the long run, that always works better than you can't handle the truth. When all of our sources for medical information have an agenda spin us, yeah, you wind up with a badly misinformed population, including on the left. That's refreshing honesty from a left-wing media pundit. Well, Washington, D.C.'s chief medical examiner confirmed on Monday that Capitol Hill police officer Brian Sicknick suffered two strokes and died of natural causes. And this is from the Washington Post. He died one day after pro-Trump rioters stormed the U.S. Capitol in Washington, D.C., prompting many media outlets to falsely report that he was murdered by the rioters. The New York Times and Associated Press, for example, reported that Sicknick was bludgeoned to death with a fire extinguisher. Claims were repeated by cable news networks. Democrats and establishment media politicized the death of Sicknick, falsely accusing Trump supporters of uh, directly causing his death. When white supremacists attack our nation's capital, they took the life of one of our officers, said Senator Cory Booker. They spilled his blood. They took our son away from us. They took a sibling away from their brothers. What crap. You know, it's so interesting to see that uh, they tried to frame this entire narrative about white supremacists attacking the Capitol. Well, plank by plank, this is being torn apart. And this is just one other lie that's been perpetrated. Here we are, a couple of months later, finally finding out from the uh, medical uh, examiner that he died of natural causes. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. Coming up, we're going to visit with our state senator, Kathleen Pasadomo. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Did you know St. Matthew's House operates the only emergency homeless shelters in Collier County? St. Matthew's House provided more than 500,000 hot meals to those in need last year, and since 2010, 527 men and women have graduated from the St. Matthew's House Justin's Place Addiction Recovery Program. For over 30 years, St. Matthew's House has provided innovative solutions to fight homelessness, hunger, substance abuse, and poverty in Southwest Florida. And you can help St. Matthew's House in this life-transforming work by patronizing the St. Matthew's House Thrift Stores, Cafe M25, Car Wash and Detailing Center, and award-winning catering operations. For more information, visit stmatthewshouse.org. That's stmatthewshouse.org. St. Matthew's House is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization and does not solicit government funding. to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. I proudly serve on their board and have many terrific programs. One is creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. They also have a, uh, a vote, uh, you know, helping governments uh, get their voting uh, programs in, in order. You can find out more by visiting thefga.org, thefga.org. 
Kathleen was uh, tied up. She said she just couldn't talk, and I certainly understand that. She's the chair of the rules committee, and she has a lot on her plate. So uh, we were unable to speak to her, but we had uh, we still have a lot to talk about. How about this? Judge Peter Cahill blasted Representative Maxine Waters on Monday for a remark Saturday that should be an should be unrest if the jury fails to convict Derek Chauvin in the death of George Floyd in Hennepin County. Cahill was responding to the motion by Chauvin's defense lawyer, Eric Nelson, to declare a mistrial after closing arguments because of Waters' comments. He denied the motion but agreed that Waters' remarks were so egregious that they carried, uh, created grounds for a possible appeal if Chauvin was convicted of murder or manslaughter. I'll give you that, uh, Congresswoman Waters may have given you something on appeal that may result in the whole trial being overturned, he said later, adding, I'm aware of the media reports. I'm aware that Congressman Waters was talking specifically about this trial and about the unacceptability of anything less than a murder conviction, talked about being confrontational, but you can submit to press articles about that. This uh, goes back to what I've been saying from the very beginning. I wish, he said, this is the judge now, I wish elected officials would stop talking about this case especially in a manner that is disrespectful to the rule of law and to the judicial branch and our function, he said. I think if they want to give uh, their opinions, they should do so in a respectful and in a manner that is respectful to the Constitution, to respect the co-equal branch of government. Their failure to do so, I think, is abhorrent, but I do, uh, don't think it is prejudiced this with additional material that could prejudice this jury, a congressman's woman's opinion really doesn't matter a whole lot. Well said, uh, Judge. Nelson complained that the jury had not been sequestered until Monday's conclusion of arguments and had been exposed to vociferous opinions about the trial. There was a controversy about the fact that one of the jurors lived in nearby Brooklyn Center where Waters had joined protests over other recent police-involved shooting and where riots had also broken out. Melvin faces charges of second-degree unintentional murder, third-degree murder, and second-degree manslaughter. Uh, unbelievable. You know what, uh, Maxine Waters, she should be expelled from Congress. There's no question about it. I think she's kind of locked into what the uh, uh, civil rights movement back in the 60s and has, <laughs> hasn't changed yet. She's not a very bright, bright woman at all. And making comments like we have to be confrontational, aggressive, and oh, demand a, a guilty uh, uh, result makes no sense let the wheels of justice grind they grind slowly but they grind finally in most cases by the way surveys show that blacks wildly overestimate the frequency of police uh fatality shootings young uh, black men so uh the, the one of the driving forces of course is the premise that black men are shot by the police a lot well there's not actually there's uh a smaller incidence of being shot by police than there is, for example, dying in a car accident. But uh, we move on. Governor Ron DeSantis said that his state would not let the mob win the day. On Monday, signed into law a bill aiming at cracking down on violent protests. He announced that the signing of HB1 during a morning press conference at the Polk County Sheriff's Office in Winter Haven. It's the strongest anti-rioting, pro-law enforcement piece of legislation in the country. There's just nothing even close, DeSantis said, while surrounding by, surrounded by lawmakers and law enforcement officials. Among the items included in the law, the governor said, was de dealing with the insane theory of defending law enforcement. Obviously, the state of Florida, we're not going to do that under my leadership, he said. But if a local government would do that, it would be catastrophic and have terrible consequences for its citizens. And so this bill actually prevents against uh, local governments defunding law enforcement will be able to stop it at the state level, he said. The new law, which went into effect immediately, also allows local governments to be sued if they fail to stop a riot. What our bill says is that when I, I'll sign into law today is that if you, you're derelict in your duty as a local government, if you tell law enforcement to stand down, then you're responsible for the damage that ensues. And if someone's being harmed or their property has been destroyed, they can sue you for compensation. That's in the new bill uh, that uh, Governor DeSantis uh, signed into law. The law defines a riot as a violent public disturbance involving three or more people acting with common intent, resulting in an injury of others, damage to property, or imminent danger of uh, injury or damage. 
The law also created a new second-degree felony called aggravated riot when the riot has more than 25 participants, causes great bodily harm or more than $5,000 in property damage, uses or threatens to use deadly weapons or blocks roadways by force or threat of, uh, of force. There are penalties for people who commandeer highways and topple monuments, he said. The anti-riot bill, first filed in the Florida House of Representatives in early January, passed the Senate Thursday evening. Opponents of the law say it violates First Amendment rights. This isn't a game. This governor and his Republican allies love to talk about the Constitution while shredding it with extreme legislation by, like, HB1. Silencing the speech of those seeking equality is straight from the communist regime playbook. That, according to Florida Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Freed, she's a Democrat. <laughs> the criminal aspects of this bill are already illegal. HB1 protects no one, makes no one safer, and does nothing to make people live better. It's simply to appease governor's delusion of widespread lawlessness, and it's frightening to imagine the lengths to which he'll go to strip away rights and freedoms of political gain. Nikki Freed, I think, is trying to posturing and preening to become a candidate uh, for governor in, in 2022. This is just delusional what she said and i think the governor's right you know i would think black lives matter is going to think twice about coming into this turf here in florida to create uh, any kind of uh uh mischief they're going to go someplace else because otherwise they're going to go to jail coming up we're going to be visiting with boo mortensen we'll find out what's new with boo we'll do that and more right here in the bob harden show on the bob harden broadcasting network <laughs> Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Luke Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate courtyard garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean dining room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes all hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit blueprovencenaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's blueprovencenaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Golfshore Playhouse is passionately committed to enriching our cultural landscape by producing professional theater to the highest artistic standards and providing unique educational opportunities to folks in a spirit of service, adventure, and excitement. Over the past 15 years, the Playhouse has expanded immensely, outgoing its current facilities. With dreams of expanding even further in order to better serve the community, broaden the economic impact, and strengthen the cultural fabric of our region, it's time to build and move into a new home. A 44,000 square foot state-of-the-art theater and education center will be built on three acres at the corner of First Avenue South and Goodlett Frank Road, allowing Gulf Shore Playhouse to achieve those dreams. To find out more about Gulf Shore Playhouse, this state-of-the-art performing arts center, and about the season's exciting productions, visit golfshoreplayhouse.org. That's golfshoreplayhouse.org. We'll see you at the show. Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. And you can find out more by visiting golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now, it's time to find out what's new with Boo. Boo Mortensen right here on the Paradise Coast. Boo, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you. And I'm going to start off our interview with famous people that are running for office. Hmm. Now, a lot of actors, you know, we had a President Reagan who was an actor. Yeah. Uh, we've had Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. So now 
we have Matthew McConaughey, yeah. who is running for governor of Texas, and right now he's ahead in the polls. And then the other one is Caitlyn Jenner is for- thinking of running for governor of California. What are your thoughts? Well, I'll tell you what. I don't even know if uh, McConaughey is a uh, Republican or Democrat. Do you know? Republican. He is. He's very conservative, yeah. Well, that's good to know. Well, yeah, he, I've, he's made some uh, interesting comments in the past, and he's uh, you know, demonstrated his political interests. Um, you know, just because of his popularity, he might end up winning. What do you think? He may. I, I think that he stands a good chance, especially with the problems that Texas has had with the, the power grid meltdown and all of that. But what do you think about Caitlyn Jenner? I mean, this is a transgender, yeah. obviously has uh, uh, a lot of media high profile. Yeah. Um, is she capable of running the state? I don't know. Was Arnold Schwarzenegger? He Who did knows? A, I, he did a nice job. I, I will say, Caitlyn Jenner, it might be a, perfect for California. <laughs> I do, too. I think it is a perfect fit. I mean, if she was ever going to run in any state, hands down, that's the state. That would be the state. By the way, you know, that's former Bruce Jenner, isn't it? Yeah. Bruce Jenner is now Caitlin. Yeah, so what a great athlete he uh, he was at the time. And uh, just, I don't... yeah, I just don't want to overlook the fact that he really contributed a lot to the Olympics and what he what he accomplished. It was really terrific. I don't know. Is he a dem? Uh, he she is she a uh, Democrat or Republican? That I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I would venture to say running for California is probably Democrat. I would agree. So that's so. But much. Uh, of course, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger wasn't a Democrat. He was, I think, our last no. governor. Uh, Republican governor of uh, California, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Stay tuned. That's what makes life interesting. On a different note, mm-hmm. Florida, the state of Florida, is suing the CDC because they're trying to mothball the um, cruise industry and saying, no, 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 it's not safe. You can't go out on a cruise ship yet. Yeah. Don't you think we should be going after the CDC for that? Absolutely, and I, I think the lawsuit's already been filed. Uh, yep. I, I think I think the the uh, CDC wanted to put thing, this off until the first of the year, and uh, our governor, you know, he does so many of the right things. By the way, our governor, I want to just mention while it's top of mind, is that uh, he's Tucker Carlson has started this new program that's streamed. Uh, and it's three times a week, in addition to his evening program at 8 o'clock. And it's uh, one-hour interviews with different interesting people. His last interview is with the governor of uh, Florida. I haven't, oh. se- I haven't seen the entire interview yet, but uh, the s- snippets that I saw were so interesting. You know, he's, uh, he's not controversial. You know, he went to Yale, he went to Harvard Law School, but he's just kind of a blue-collar guy, really. And he, he thinks so straight. He's just a really, really... Uh, great governor, in my opinion. So uh, my hope is uh, he'll win this. Oh, yeah, I do, too. I mean, the cruise industry is a massive industry in the state of Florida. And, you know, the safest, one of the safest places to be is on a cruise ship. I mean, they got hand sanitizers at every corner. <laughs> it's really a safe place to be, quite frankly. So, I mean, they, they certainly take your temperature before you get on the ship and ask you all kinds of questions about your, about your health. So the people that are getting on the ship are healthy. Uh, and, uh, of course, that all goes back to that, uh, what was it called, the... Uh, Disease, uh, the uh, I forgot. SARS? No, they. Uh, what ha- what happened on cruise ships was the, uh, and I've forgotten the the Ameri- the Legionnaires' disease. Remember that? Oh yeah. Didn't that yes. break out yes, on? Yes, they a, do. A, a bro- I think that broke out on a cru- cruise ship, if I'm not mistaken. So they take especially care, uh, real care, on cruise ships to make sure that everything is sanitized and safe. So, quite frankly, if you're going to be someplace with people, probably a cruise ships the safest place to be. You know, pick whatever you want. I mean, flying. You know, I had my kids fly in uh, this past weekend, uh-huh. and the planes are jammed. There's no more empty middle seat. Huh. It is, every seat is taken. Now, I feel okay on a plane. Mm-hmm. It doesn't bother me. Um, 
the problem on a cruise ship, if there is an epidemic that, that uh, breaks out, you're on the cruise ship for longer than what you thought. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which may not be a bad thing. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. It's an interesting question, but here's the, here's the thing. Everybody gets to make their own decision. Nobody's forcing you to go on a cruise just because it's, it's, uh, it's available. No, that's right. So, so if you have repressed... You don't feel comfortable or you're sick? Don't go. Exactly. So it's a, you're self-selecting. People can make take the risk of going on a cruise ship. You know, uh, and this is what's so perverse about what's happening right now. We have this uh, fear porn going on about coronavirus, and it's uh, turned out to be no more lethal than uh, the flu. And yet uh, mm-hmm. we're measuring it every day and announcing how many people are sick and how many beds are available and blah, 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 uh, and getting everybody all masked up. It's, it's just... Uh, it's criminal what's happened. I agree. You know, we were out on the beach all weekend. So you got the wind, you got the waves, you're mm-hmm. outside. Right. Nobody's really all that close to each other. I can't understand the mindset of people that are walking on the beach. Now, if you're healthy enough to walk on the beach, that means you don't have corona. You're not near anybody. Right. Why in the heck are you wearing a mask? Well, here's the thing. Uh, I read, I can't, I can't cite it right now, but someplace that the, the uh, number of Democrats, percentage of Democrats who uh, they just over, they inflate the uh, chances of being hospitalized as a result of coronavirus. And uh, apparently, this statistic, I think, was 50% of Democrats think if they get coronavirus, they'll end up in a hospital. The actual number is less than five percent. So, well, there you go. This is, but I think, yeah, it's, it's, but it doesn't. You know, if I thought my chances of being hospitalized were fifty percent if I got coronavirus, I'd probably want to wear a mask all the time too. But uh, you know, yeah. you know, the other interesting thing that's happening right now, apparently, uh, in Chile, and I've heard it, it's true here too. People that have been vaccinated and had two vaccinations are still getting the flu, still getting the virus. Really? Yeah. Uh, there's a big incidence of that in, in Chile, and that's uh, uh, it's second. Chile is second to Israel in terms of the number of people that have had their full vaccinations, and yet they've got a breakout, uh, an outbreak of a coronavirus among the population that has been vaccinated. And I read, and of course it's not a credible source for CNN or that type of thing, <laughs> but uh, I've read that, uh, and I, I suspect this is being suppressed here in the United States, but there's a, a lot of people who've had uh, the vaccine who are getting uh, coronavirus. Oh, yeah. There, there's a good friend that I play golf with, and uh, her son and daughter-in-law got corona after they had the two shots. They never tell you that this means that once you get a shot, you will never get the coronavirus. No. They just say this. You, you could get it. But it's the symptoms will be less. But people have got the mindset that if they have the shot, they're bulletproof. Nope, they're not. Well, and not only that, but now Pfizer's saying, well, we said two shots, but uh, maybe you're going to need a booster here in about six months, and maybe you got to do this every year. <laughs> no, <laughs> not going to happen. You not going to happen with me. Nope. I'm done. Nope. Two and done. I'm done. Well, I'm not. We're we're still of the mind to not get the uh, get the shot. So. Uh, we haven't done it, and I'm uh, counting on herd immunity. And uh, you know, I'm also counting on keeping myself healthy and uh, prayer every day. That I think that's what's going to do it. Yeah, you know, if you don't want to get it, you don't have to get it. Yeah, exactly. Um, does it make me feel more invincible because I got the shot? Maybe in some weird way it does, but I don't. You know, my behavior isn't more risky because I had two shots. I still do what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Don't you still wear a mask when you go in a store? I do. I think you still have to. No, you don't, actually. And, uh, unless the store is well, required. Well, in Collier County, you don't. Yeah, and uh, that's right. And, uh, of course, uh, Whole Foods, as I understand it, still wants ma- has a mask mandate. But it's up to the, if you own a business, you can have a right to make your own rules. I, I mean, I agree with that. So, But uh, consumers also have the right to choose where they want to do business. So <laughs> it's a two-way street. But uh, Boo, oh, I just yeah. I just always appreciate your commentary here in the show. I wish we had more time, uh, but I genuinely appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Have a good day, Bob. You as well. Thank you, Boo. All right, coming up, uh, we're going to visit with Seaton Motley. He is the founder and president of uh, Less Government. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs> 
Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. You listen to The Bob Harden Show, so why not market your company to our loyal listeners? Ads are played live on each show and then archived so listeners can hear the show and your ad at their convenience. Each advertising package includes a banner on BobHarden.com with a link to your website at no extra charge. Join Lulubee's Diner, Johnson's Air Conditioning, Blue Provence, and many others who advertise on the show. Call me at 598-3889, that's 598-3889, or send an email to BobHarden at Hotmail.com to design an ad program that's just right for your business and your budget. You'll be pleasantly surprised at the cost and the value. Several advertisers have been with me for years. Find out why by calling 598-3889 or send me an email to bobharden at hotmail.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social. It's a new social networking platform, and you can download the app from choicesocial.us website. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with my wife, Linda. It's always an interesting conversation. Uh, right now we have with us Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, sir. So tell us about Less Government. Yeah, we exist in a size, scope, and sphere of influence of government, and it's not—it's not happening. It's going in the wrong direction. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but don't stop your efforts. You—you uh, uh, no. you do it. You write a lot of commentary, which is really great. Most of it in red state, and you—you uh, you wrote about Biden will lower internet prices the way Obama Biden lowered health insurance prices. Maybe you could tell us about it. Yeah, it's—it's—it's it's, it's ridiculous. You know. Um, there, there, there's two reasons why this is ridiculous. One is the language he's using to talk about lowering Internet service prices is exactly the same uh, language his administration used in the run-up to passing Obamacare and, re- and regarding health insurance premiums. Yeah. Remember during the run-up, they said that we would, a family of four would save 2500 a year. Right. And, if, and the lie of the year was, if you like your plan, you can keep your plan. If you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. Yep. Um, afterwards, remember Biden at the signing ceremony or the announcement ceremony said it was a big effing deal, and he didn't say effing. And then uh, three Obama speechwriters were on the Charlie Rose PBS show and yucked it up. When they talked about one one of these speechwriters outed the the uh, the other that he was the one that wrote the law, the line if you like your plan you can keep your plan and they all laughed at how it worked yeah, yeah. and how funny it was that it was a lie and 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 I even found an old White House press statement from the Obama administration talking about how Obamacare will guarantee everyone access to quality and affordable health care and now Biden's promising us. Quality access, access to quality and affordable uh, internet uh, connections, internet service, and it's just going to be as wrong as. And we know it's going to be as wrong because there's a website called Bro- Broadband Boondoggles where they chronicle over 400 attempts by government to be an internet service provider, and they're 0 for 400. So here's the thing: uh, it doesn't get cheaper; it gets more expensive. There's, my favorite example is iProvo in Utah, where they spent 
millions of dollars building this network. They never got anybody to sign up. It was completely disastrous. They sold all the infrastructure they purchased to Google for a dollar. Wow. And then the entire state got a sales tax increase to pay off the iProvo attempt. Uh, uh, the city got a statewide sales tax to bail them out for their abject failure at being a broadband provider. And it's hilarious because you'll see all the all the big tech companies love, oh, well, we're all for, you know, government broadband. Well, of course they are. They get equipment on the cheap after, after the fact every time it fails. So it's just, it's, it's, it's a proven disaster from proven liars about the disaster. Yeah. So other than that, it's a great idea. Yeah, so, Steve, let me ask you a point of question here. Now, uh, it, this uh, health care insurance price is, uh, differs in, in this way. To my knowledge, there's never been a farthing in the budget uh, for the internet for, in the United States uh, government, and now no, that's not true. Okay, but let me let me complete my thought. Or now there's a hundred, if I'm not mistaken, a hundred billion dollars. Well, that's what that's what he wants in his infrastructure bill. Right, hundred billion dollars for for, for, but, for uh, internet. What's that all about? I mean, what do they want? That's what he's talking about. Is he wants to. He wants to fund local governments to do this all over again. Uh. There was $7.2 billion for this in the 2009 stimulus. Um, mm. There has been also money allocated to the Federal Communications Commission, the FCC, mm. to, to, to fund local governments to do this. And the governments are awful at it. They lose money. They don't sign up anybody. Their infrastructure isn't nearly as good as the private providers. And they end up competing with the private providers. Mm. So the, the, the poor companies, and in, in many rural areas, it's not Comcast doing the connecting. It's not Charter. It's not AT&T and Verizon. It's little mom-and-pop broadband shops yeah. who, are, who are taxed and regulated by the government and then have to compete against the government. So I ask you a co- um, point of question. And, you know, they work on very thin margins out in the rural areas, yep. and we talk about wanting to connect the rural parts of the country to the Internet. And you've got these mom-and-pop broadband shops that are doing it, and then the government's going to parachute in yeah. and compete against them? Yeah. It's just, it's all very, very, very stupid. Hey, and by the way, you know, everybody's got an iPhone or has a, you know... <laughs> smartphone. A smartphone. Right. I mean, with, with, with the coming of 5G, uh-huh. everybody's going to be connected, yeah. and everybody's going to be connected fast. W- one of the many lies that builds into this need for government broadband, quote-unquote, is they only count hardline connections as a connection to the Internet. Mm-hmm. With, with, with 4G, is completely absurd. 4G wireless. You can watch high... You can stream seamlessly high-def movies on your phone right now on your 4G wireless network. Absolutely. Which means if that doesn't count as a broadband connection, you're lying. Yeah. If you're saying that's not a broadband connection, you're lying. And that's what the government does. They lie. They don't count satellite. They don't count wireless because they want to artificially inflate the number of people that aren't, quote-unquote, connected and therefore justify government getting involved. Yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, and $100 billion. And by the way, when 5G comes, mm-hmm. you go out to middle of, you know middle of nowhere America, you drop four little five four or five little pizza box size 5G antenna around town and everybody's uploading and downloading at 1 gig per second that's fast so when are we going to have 5G well it's going to take it, it takes some time uh, again the main impediment is government we need we need to allocate more spe- all these various departments Spectrum is a finite resource. Yeah. It's like a monopoly board. Some of it's more valuable than others. You know, there's boardwalk and park place spectrum all the way down to crappy Mediterranean and Baltic Avenue spectrum. Right. And the government holds a lot of it. And every time you try to get some allocated out to the private sector, the Defense Department screams national security, uh, the NSA screams national security, and there aren't really any national security implications. They're just, it's a turf war, and they're defending their turf. It's a stupid government deep state crap that that we've been dealing with forever. And so the main impediment now is getting more useful spectrum 
in the, in the what's called the mid band. There's low, medium, and high band. Uh, mid uh, is you know altitude spectrum, and the mid band's great for 5G. The government has a lot of it. We just got to get it out of the government's hands and auction it off to give it to uh, the. The, the private companies to, to build the networks. Got it. Seton Motley, again, the founder and president of Less Government. I encourage you to visit uh, lessgovernment.org. You can also visit Less Government on Facebook. Seton, always appreciate your very well-informed and animated commentary. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a great day, sir. You as well. Thank you. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with my wife, Linda. She writes Greetings from Paradise. If you want to find out more about that, you can go to my website, bobharden.com, and just uh, there's a pull-down tab for Greetings from Paradise. She hadn't written in a while, uh, but I think she may be getting the interest to, to do that. Anyhow, we're going to find out what, about that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs> Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. The dining scene in Naples is among the nation's finest. Get a first-hand experience with Naples Culinary Walks. Join a guided food walk with a terrific guide in a small group through elegant Naples neighborhoods known for destination restaurants. In three hours, you'll stop for small plates on your chosen tour. Dining walk choices include morning, afternoon, and evening offerings on 5th Avenue South, Downtown 3rd Street, Waterside, Galleria Shops at Vanderbilt, and more. Prices begin at only $46 a person, depending on the tour you select. To find out more and to make a reservation, visit NaplesCulinaryWalks.com. That's NaplesCulinaryWalks.com for a great value and a terrific dining experience. Do you have an extra auto you'd like to donate to charity? Maximize your tax deduction, support your favorite charity, and help a local child in need by calling Naples Auto Donation Center. Naples Auto Donation Center is a not-for-profit licensed car dealer. Just call NADC at 692-9840 and they'll take it from there. You get a properly documented tax deduction for whatever the vehicle actually sells for. Your designated beneficiary charity gets half the profit after fix-up costs and the net revenue generated by NADC goes to Friends of Foster Children to provide tutoring and other enrichment activities for foster children the government doesn't provide. And NADC is also one of the few places in Collier County that sells inexpensive cars that actually run to folks who would otherwise not be able to afford one. It's a real win-win. Call Naples Auto Donation Center at 692-9840 or visit the website nadckids.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. As we're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, a limited government, and the rule of law. We have with us Linda Harden. Does that name sound familiar? Well, she's my wife. And she's also the author of Greetings from Paradise. Linda, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Good morning. Yeah, I kind of teased uh, your Greetings from Paradise. Uh, what's going on with that? Uh, anything anything new? Well, I, I had a conversation with the company that I had to hire um, to put it out because they actually absolutely screwed up the, the platform of it. So I had to, I had to figure out how to, how to do it. Mm. I tried to do it on my own, but couldn't. Um, anyway, I had a nice conversation with a, a, a tech advisor up there, and I think I'll be able to do it again. Now the question is, do I want to? Is there content? I mean, there's, there's now everybody's been masked up, and the social scene has kind of been shut down. Uh, what are your thoughts? Well, you know, I've talked to a number of people about it, including you, and, and I should just not pay attention to the naysayers and just say what I usually say. I agree. I mean, you've gotten some negative feedback hate about mail. Your, hate mail. <laughs> but I get it too. You know, you just can't worry about that because uh, people, uh, you know, all you have to do is read the letters to the editor in the Naples Daily News. What's left of it. And what's, yeah, that's true. But uh, the, my point is this, that uh, it's good discipline, I think, to read the letters to the editor and try not to uh, react emotionally. <laughs> 
That's hard. <laughs> it's so hard. It is indeed. So uh, what are your thoughts here about Maxine Waters speaking out about uh, confronting uh, people if there's not a, a guilty verdict for uh, Chauvin? Here's what I think. Here's what I think about the whole Maxine Waters um, debacle. They impeached or tried to impeach Donald Trump mm. for inciting violence and the Capitol on January 6th. He did no such thing. Mm -hmm. They tried to twist his words and twist everything into incitement of violence. Yet Maxine Waters not only traveled to a state other than her own, mm -hmm. she asked for police protection mm -hmm. in order to do what? So Incite Violence. violence absolutely you're absolutely right about that you know what concerns me too is that is there going to be any consequence to her for this uh yeah i would like to see her defrocked from her committee she's the chairman of uh, the financial services committee if i'm not mistaken. she should be impeached she should be out of office absolutely and kevin mccarthy boy this guy is kind of weak isn't he he says well he's if a uh, rhino he says if uh if uh nancy pelosi doesn't do something he will well, why well, Nancy he... Pelosi already said she's not doing anything, that what Maxine Waters did was no big deal. Yeah. So uh, Kevin McCarthy, he's just, he is really weak. We, he's a rhino. We need to get, uh, what's his name, into office uh, to, to be the uh, uh, Speaker of the House. Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan. He would be a great Speaker of the House. Well, Kevin... you know, Mar Marjorie Taylor Greene, um, that outspoken, newly elected congressman for, congresswoman from Georgia, is already... Um, put out a, a motion to to um, not only censure Maxine Waters, but to get her thrown out of, of Congress, which is great. I mean, this little gal has no fear whatsoever. She has no fear whatsoever. She speaks our language, doesn't she? I... You, know, you know, I have to say, speaking of um, January 6th, real quickly, that that whole scenario has been called into question in so many different ways. Now this... All the mainstream media, MSNBC, CNN, NBC, ABC, CBS, they were all saying that this Brian Sicknick, which, who is a Capitol Police officer, yeah. was beaten to death yeah, by, a, by, a, by a fire extinguisher. Yeah. And they just blew it up, and they were going to throw everybody in prison who had anything to do with that. Mm. It was so blatantly false. The guy, what, no one even knows who instructed him to be cremated. And now, guess what they're finding out? Even, even by the way, Christopher Wray, the head of the FBI, when questioned about it, said, oh, well, we can't comment on it because we don't know for sure. Our Department of Justice is just awful. And it is. I mean, you know, it's, it, it's, it's, that's being revealed more and more and more. FBI, CIA, boy, you know what they have? Christopher Wray is a snake, in my opinion. Yeah, they're, they're pretty corrupt at the top. There's no question about it. And now they're not even bringing uh, the Department of Justice is just ignoring Ashley Babbitt's murder. Now, it's true. She was on illegally in the, uh, in the Capitol Dome. Unarmed. Unarmed. And Climbing it, through a window. And, and you know what? We saw the picture of this guy's arm. It was not a police officer. It was some. Uh, it may have been it's a, a guy in a suit. There's a guy in a suit. You could see his arm come out, and he has this pistol in his hand, and he shoots her at point-blank range. Uh, she is doing nothing wrong, except for being in the Capitol, but uh, she wasn't being she violent. She wasn't a threat. She wasn't a threat to anybody. She wasn't given any ample warning she, by, you know... To by the way, she was already surrounded by um, by officials when she was. they were trying to pull her out of the window when she was shot. Yeah. And and so that that was that's trying to be covered up. But let me just backtrack to Brian Sicknick for just a second. Yeah. So it came out yesterday that he, he died of natural causes. Yeah. He died of a stroke, two right. strokes, right. heart attack or two strokes. Anyway, natural causes. And me, meanwhile, the mainstream. I have to say that Nancy Pelosi and all those people who were trying to create the false narrative about that January sixth quote unquote insurrection right. must think that we are all stupid. Well, she does. There's oh. no, and, but you know what? Uh, <laughs> it is obviously orchestrated. The whole thing was orchestrated as an event to try and discredit Donald Trump and to have the second impeachment. Uh, they just want him to go away. Well, he guess what? He's not going away. You know who wants him to go away, by the way? When I was listening to, I don't remember who, um, the other day, is is um, the corporations and the big donors, not only on the Democrat, but the Republican. Right. They want Trumpism and those people who support him to just disappear into the sunset. Yeah, so they can do their power elite thing 
and uh, continue to have, take the country right down the tubes. It's <laughs> one of the most. Well, they're, they're behind. They're behind all these people coming over. Their money's behind all these people coming over the border. I mean, they mm-hmm. want cheap labor and and all this. And and it is it is so corrupt. It is so corrupt. And thank goodness, thank God that Donald Trump was president mm-hmm. and that he was pulling the curtain back over all of this. So so we could actually see what's going on yeah and meanwhile nancy pelosi and all her minions are trying to to cover up maxine waters is the gift that keeps on giving though because she can't (laughs) shut her mouth that's true she's i think she's in a time warp i think she's back in the 60s during the civil rights movement (laughs) and she continues to behave like that's the case but it's uh it's really unfortunate i'm how's uh with the just short amount of time we have left uh how what do you think of uh biden and uh uh, cackle. Yeah, cackle. cackle cackle Harris yeah I think they're making the White House look like a um, a circus act I think it's a sham to see him um, trotting out with his mask on after he's been vaccinated and 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 her she she finds something amusing about everything yet neither of them will take responsibility for anything right right now it's been over a month now that uh, she's been put in charge of the uh, Immigration and uh, Biden finally called it a crisis, then walked it back. But uh, and uh, thirty days now, over a month, and sh- we've heard nothing from her. You know what? I'm, I have to say that um, I was afraid when they got into office that that the um, the White House press corps was going to give the, these people a free pass, like they did Obama. I remember asking what kind of peanut butter he liked, or ice cream, or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, some of these press people are taking it to this Jen Psaki, who's, who's tap dancing as fast as she can at that microphone. Fox News had a correspondent in there yesterday talking about Biden's uh, reference to a crisis, and she kept pushing her, and Psaki was getting upset. Yeah. And I, I'm really pleased to see that some of that is happening, because yeah. it, it, it hadn't happened with other um, Democrats in the White House. Well, it's nothing like what Trump took, though. My oh, no. goodness, that guy was so abused by the press. And so abused uh, entirely by the uh, deep state, uh, and yet he continues to fight. He's coming back stronger than ever. And you know what? The 75 million folks that voted for him are not going away. They're still believers. We still want to make America great again. We need a Trump rally. We need. I I think he's planning on one. I know. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah, and how about Mike Lindell? (laughs) Mike Lindell. (laughs) I don't know if you watched any of that reveal yesterday, but but he was on the air for, for, for... Hours and hours and hours, and he was losing his temper after a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, and, yeah, his his as a site, uh, Frank Speech, is supposed to be up and running, and that's being attacked now. And needless to say, they're uh, I'm sure the deep state is trying to do everything it can to discredit him and to get him uh, lose the power of being able to create this uh, this uh, Frank Speech. But I'm looking forward to use it. Well, I am too, and and he's supposed to come out with this other um, film today um, to reveal even more about the what was used to overturn the election on November 3rd, which I can't remember. I can't remember. It's, um, absolute the name of, proof was the first, was absolute the last proof. One. Um, but, oh, it's absolute interference today. I think it is. Okay. Well, you know what? He's doing a great job and, uh, being sued by, uh, Dominion. And well, all. he's suing, he's counter suing. Yeah. Um, 1.6 bill, million billion dollar with a B. lawsuit. And guess who's leading the charge? Alan Dershowitz. Uh, unbelievable. Linda, I always appreciate your commentary here in the show, but you get me so upset and excited. <laughs> it's my job. And thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> thank you. All right. Well, that's a wrap here in today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. Tomorrow, we're going to visit with Bob Levy, chairman of the Cato Institute. We'll also visit with Andy Joppa. He's professor at, uh, well, he's a professor. He's asked me not to mention his college. He's also uh, uh, written Josephus of Oz. And Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture and author of several books, uh, we'll visit with Larry as well. Always appreciate hearing from you. If you'd like to uh, send me a note on your thoughts on the show or whatever's on your mind, you can send it to me at bobhardenhotmail.com. You can also sign up for, subscribe to the newsletter that I send out after each show. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. 
For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com. 